Welcome to Tech Talks, a podcast hosted by the Rotman Commerce Fintech Association about all things business, finance, and technology. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Tech Talks podcast. We are here today with Aliyah Mohammed, Managing Director of TD Securities for our investment banking episode of the Gender Gap in Finance and Technology series. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Excellent. Very happy to be here today. Awesome. So just to start off, could you give a little brief introduction on who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, as you introduced me, my name is Aliyah. I'm, I am an investment banker at TD Securities. Uh, I focus on the real estate group. Uh, and so that means that I, I advise uh, clients that own real estate. So the public entities are typically the REITs uh, and also large real estate groups within pension funds. Uh, and we provide them with an array of services from raising equity, debt, extending them credit, and also providing them with strategic advice in the event they wanted to buy another company, uh, sell themselves, etc. Awesome. So to start off then, given your background in neuroscience and math, what brought you to investment banking and to your current job? That's a good question. Uh, I think an open mind and a lot of luck. Um, as I was finishing my undergrad I realized I wanted to pivot from kind of what I had originally intended, which was medicine, uh, and move to something in the business arena. And so after finishing my Bachelor of Science, I joined a software startup. Um, I think I was the fourth or fifth person, and it was a great learning experience. Uh, And some of the coding skills I picked up were a great foundation for financial modeling many years later. Uh, I worked there for a couple of years and got accepted into an MBA program. And I still remember very clearly uh, my first class on my first day, it was accounting and the professor drew on the whiteboard debits and credits, which was not really part of my vocabulary at that point. Uh, And I realized it was going to be a long couple of years and I had a lot of learning to do. Uh, What was clear very quickly, though, is that finance and accounting, you know, the subject matter was newer, but they were comfortable subjects for me. And so I thought it would make sense to pursue a summer internship in that zone. there's an amazing scholarship program from Women in Capital Markets, uh, and, and the intent is to help women trying to break into the field. And through their program, I ended up working at T Securities in the summer between first and second year. And w- when I said a lot of luck, this is kind of the luck I was referring to. I, I, you know, recruiting used to start in January, so with a non-traditional background and only four months of business classes, being competitive would have been very challenging. Um, I had a great summer, spent three months in equity capital markets, which sits between the investment bank and the markets part of a dealer. And then the last month in investment banking and communication uh, and media. And to be honest, I, I was in awe of the big buildings. I probably understood one out of every three words I heard. And I worked as hard as I could on the tasks I was assigned and tried to make the most of the experience. Um, I had some great advice when I was starting out. I was told, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open always. Um, i.e. join all of the internal discussions, don't wait for a personalized invite, keep track of all of my questions and track them down, Uh, be fully present and engaged, and I will learn more than I realize. Um, It was great advice, and I still apply that today because I think, you know, you're always still learning no matter what your role uh, is at the time. But I was offered a full-time job at the end of the summer, um, 
and I signed back with TD and I'm still here as you know. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I remember learning about debits and credits on my first day of accounting classes in high school. It was fun. The year um, I had the game. I, I hadn't figured that out in high school. Yeah, there was like a debit and credit song I think my accounting teacher made me listen to. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next question. So were you apprehensive about getting into the industry as a woman? And did you face any challenges along the way? It's a great question. And absolutely, I was apprehensive about getting into the industry, period. Um, I'd heard all the facts and stats of the gender demographics and finance. I could see the gender split in my MBA class. But in some ways, that information kind of went in one ear and out the other, so to speak. And the reason being is I felt I had much bigger obstacles to face in simply being less educated in finance, less experienced in a relative in a relevant job, uh, and less exposed to this field that I, I thought would be a good fit for me. And so in some ways, I didn't have the, any capacity left to you know, be apprehensive about you know, being a woman getting into a male-dominated field. And you know, I think that was a blessing in disguise. Um, it allowed me to just focus on the task at hand, which when starting out was number one, just writing the application, number two, getting through the interview, and number three, during my internship, just doing whatever I was told as best as I could and double checking, triple checking everything I did and then repeat. Um, so that was my, my entry into the field and my summer experience. But you know, you asked about challenges and if I were to think back on my last 15 years, um, you know, I think everyone faces challenges and I'm no exception. So in terms of, you know, I'm happy to share a couple of things that were more specific to being a woman. Um, and I think the first is, you know, as you would probably guess, just around family planning. Um, by the way, I have an amazing 10-year-old daughter who has witnessed a lot of investment in banking through the school from home period as we share an office together, or we did, she's back at school now. Uh, but leading up to starting a family, I spent a lot of time worrying about kind of being pregnant and managing the job. Um, I was in the M&A group at the time, which as you can guess, has real ebbs and flows uh, in the work levels as it's an execution group. Um, and I also used to worry about if taking a maternity leave would set me back more than just the months of experience that I was not present for. So uh, I'm an analytical person. I had all sorts of theories that I should definitely not get pregnant while I was an associate for X, Y, and Z. But then when I was promoted to VP, I shouldn't you know, take a kind of plan of a family just then. I should work at least a year to make sure I knew how to do the role and on and on. Um, and through that, I kind of learned a, an interesting lesson, I think. And it was just that using career milestones and progressions is not really the right driver of you know, when to start a family. I think it's a consideration, but it shouldn't be the driver. Um, and personal decisions need to be based on the right personal factors. And at your place of work, um, they have a responsibility to you know, find a way to be able to be supportive of those decisions. Uh, so, you know, in my case, my pregnancy went smoothly from both a health perspective, have a great kid right now, as well as a work perspective. I was trying to think of a, of a second example, just that's not so specific. And, and I think, you know, it's probably worth touching on. And it, it's just, you know, simply how to operate in a world that's quite male dominated. It, it certainly was, you know, the case in my early years. And, um, you know, being the only woman in a meeting room with my peers or with clients or a board of directors, it was intimidating at first. And um, so I, I used to spend a lot of time thinking about that environment and that dynamic. And 
you know, how not only to get over my insecurity around presenting or speaking, but how to have a presence and kind of build credibility for myself as a professional. Uh, and ultimately how to hold down a room when I was the one kicking off or kind of leading a meeting. Um, and I just mentioned that it, it is I, I feel like it, 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 you know, there's a part of it that might apply, probably applies to everyone and a part of it that was maybe a bit more specific to me or, or, or to being a woman. But, you know, it's that's kind of a, a journey that I spent a lot more time and energy on at the outset. And while it's still I think I'm still on that journey, it's definitely not as as much of a source of stress or kind of energy today. And, um, you know, I, I think being different uh, and you can categorize that or describe it in so many different ways, whether it's what you wear, what you look like, how you sound, the words you choose, uh, you know, it's always challenging. And I think it's important to kind of ground yourself back and remind yourself, you know, each time for me, when I entered a meeting, I would remind myself that I belong and I'm here to do my job. And I didn't always believe it, uh, but it would kind of help me focus away from those distracting thoughts and onto the the task at hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Um, so kind of going off of what you said then, can you describe a little bit more about TD's culture and its environment? Absolutely. Um, we're entrepreneurial. It's kind of the, the descriptor for me that's uh, close to my heart when I think about uh, being at TD. And, and what it means to me is just that we operate as a team. Uh, versus within the confines of any kind of rigid hierarchy or bureaucracy. And experientially, you know, you can see a mindset of openness, whether it's to new ideas, new possibilities, trying new things. And that's something that I love. Um, it's an open door policy kind of place, uh, internal deal, business development discussions. They, they involve everyone on the team. There's no cutoffs in terms of being in the room. Uh, we're focused and we're driven and, and we're creative. Um, and that was, you know, my experience all the way back in my summer internship and a big reason why I wanted to, you know, I was very excited to come back full time and, and I've been here ever since. I think, you know, more generally speaking, um, there are other things that are important to note. Um, we're very focused as a firm uh, on long term careers and, and growth. So when you join, you're part of the team from day one and, and we invest a lot in our people. Uh, and we do that through a number of ways. It, it's, you know, we've got street leading training. Um, our philosophy is to maximize deal flow experience because that's where you get the most intense, uh, impactful learning, I think. Um, and so getting, you know, creating opportunities for, for meaningful work early on is, is really important. Uh, we foster really strong peer relationships. Um, so my example is summer internship. It's after dinner time. My first model, I had no, ch I, I couldn't balance it. Um, there wasn't anyone in my group around, but several desks over, I, I saw a young man who I had never met before in the power and utilities group. And I very timidly asked if he could help. Uh, he fixed what I'd worked, you know, hours on in about five minutes and explained to me what I did wrong. And like gave me three, you know, tests or tricks to, you know, when, I, when I'm not balancing, check these three things in this order. And 90% of the time you're going to be just fine. Um, so you can imagine what an impression that left on me. And when I started back full time, you know, I've never forgotten it. I'm still talking about it today, but that was my, my philosophy is you, you kind of pay it forward. And if everyone's doing that, it, it just, it became, it becomes part of the culture. It becomes part of everyone's philosophy. So, you know, it's the analyst and the associate sitting next to you that teach you almost everything on this job, so much of it. And so if, if that's how they treat their work and their relationships, you can start to see the power it creates in terms of bringing everyone forward. 
Um, I don't know if you picked up, but I started in communications and media. I spent time in the M&A group and now I'm in real estate. So I think that kind of shows that there's a lot of opportunity to rotate amongst the teams. Uh, and again, that's just to enhance learning and, and development. And we've got great mentoring programs that I could go on and on, but I should probably stop. Mm -hmm. So going off of that then, do you feel like TD and the industry overall has been supportive of women in helping them grow and advance? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, for, for me, the answer is a very clear yes. Uh, and, and just with the caveat of, I don't think we've arrived. I think we're going in the right direction. And, you know, the, the efforts are starting to, you know, you're starting to see the impact of those efforts. And I think I just want to touch on, on two groups here. So um, you mentioned the industry overall, and I'd mentioned right at the outset, women in capital markets. I think they're a fantastic organization. So anyone that has any interest in finance, uh, check them out. They have a, a lot of programming, a lot of opportunities. Um, they're extremely passionate and committed about bringing women into the capital market. So a fantastic resource, a great way to get to know peers, a great way to get connected into people that work in the field. Um, and then for TD, I, I mean, I, I've got a lot of great things to say. Um, you know, it, it, I think maybe what, what I'll focus on here is just giving you a little bit of insight into how we're structured to deal with this subject matter or this topic. And, um, you know, it's not, I think it started off maybe at the grassroots level or with a committee here, a committee there, and we've got a really well-established system or approach now. Um, it, it's, it's international uh, and it's pretty comprehensive. And so basically there's a, a women in leadership committee um, and it's one pillar that sits underneath what we call the IDLC, which stands for Inclusion and Diversity Leadership Council. The IDLC also has other pillars, which include people with disabilities, the Indigenous groups, LGBTQ+, the Black Experience Committee, and so forth. And the objective of aggregating these pillars under one council is to optimize the efforts, to share best practices, to coordinate programming. Um, and I think it's, it's been really impactful as it started to take hold. Specifically for women in leadership, uh, we have kind of a, a co-chair, uh, two people that you know look after this area for TD Securities, and their mandate is is really to affect change at the organizational level. So addressing topics like parental leaves, compensation, inserting more gender equity into the firm's policy. Um, but just to connect the dots back to the larger bank, because TD Securities is important, but we're also part of a larger enterprise. There's a similar setup at the at the at the bank, and our co-chairs in women in leadership also kind of have representation up at the bank level, and so it's it's something that's important to invest in banking. Um, actually, I can take it's something that's important to me to my my real estate group. Um, invest in banking, securities, but also the bank at large, and so you know there's a lot of resources and time and effort, um, and like I said, I think we're, we're seeing. You know more representation at the director and managing director level we're seeing progress but i don't think anybody is under the impression that we've arrived we still have a, a lot of work to do and everyone's you know ready to do it mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome that td is able to like you know make progress in this area and actively be contributing to it um because it is kind of like one of those industries where Normally, it's like less women are in there, but it's good that TD is kind of empowering more women to go up to the next level. So statistically speaking, um, as we've said, women have much shorter careers in banking 
than men. So seeing that you've been working in this industry for over 15 years, can you give a little bit more insight on why you think that is, um, how you've been able to circumvent the shorter careers and um, why you've kind of been in this career for this period of time? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think there's there's two kind of issues at play, a few issues. Uh, the first, and, and it's a really important one, um, is just there aren't enough women in the role to start. And so that goes back to, you know, recruiting and, and kind of bringing people, bringing talented women that are interested in finance into the role uh, right from the start. And, you know, investment banking does generally have a shorter um, life cycle for, for most people and, and people do self-select out in general. But when you start with a smaller pool, you can imagine the ripple effect that it has as you kind of look up into the more senior roles. Um, and so there's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of focus and effort around recruiting and, you know, going so far as to get involved with, um, you know, young women that are still in, in high school and just making sure the education piece is there and, and we can get people interested and excited about, you know, all the, that this career has to offer. And, you know, I think obviously I'm, I'm biased, but it does have a lot to offer. Uh, and so we're really focused on bringing in more women right from the, the start. And I think that the second uh, piece is, is really retention during the family growth years. Um, I think there's you know room for improvement here uh, across the street as it relates to providing support and flexi the flexibility needed during these years. Um, what's interesting is that over this past year during the pandemic, I think it's now shown that we can really insert flexibility into this business model. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're making progress. Um, I think there's a lot more work to do. I, I think in my case, you know, I never caught, I never found myself at, at a place where I felt, all right, I, I've learned what I needed to learn here. Let me go find somewhere else, something else to do where I'm going to learn something more. Um, the, the day I get too comfortable or bored, that that's not a good thing for kind of the way I'm driven in, in my personality. And so, you know, th this career has kept me engaged from day one, and it still does keep me engaged because you're dealing with, you know, breathing, living companies, people are changing, the markets behind us are changing, there's different cycles, like it, it, there's everything is always, you know, moving to some degree. And so there's always learning, you can't just do what you did five years ago and do it again today, you need to adapt. And so, so that was a huge motivator for me to stick with this career. Um, and, you know, once I got through kind of my family planning years, um, you know, it, it, and watching how much effort, I think it's fair to say that the, the firm made or the, you know, the group made to try to accommodate kind of my experience and the transitions that I was going through, you know, I, I have a lot of loyalty and commitment to it and but in return it continues to offer me a really rewarding uh, experience and I love the team that I'm on and so that's you know you put all those things together and and I guess that's why I'm still still here and I guess yeah. like you guys <laughs> yeah um it's really great that you love your job otherwise it especially for a job like investment banking it's going to be very tiring if it's something you're not interested in so since you've been in this industry for like so long, can you provide any advice to like other women interested in pursuing a career in investment banking? For sure, um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think 
you know, number one, I would leverage all the programming clubs, groups, you know, at your respective school or university. Um, I know everyone talks about networking, but I can't, you know, I, I can't kind of avoid that. I, I do think it is a really important thing. Uh, meeting people is important. You know, building up your network is important and it doesn't happen overnight. So I wouldn't, you know, postpone it until four months before you plan on, you know, applying for a job, I would start today um, and treat it as a, as a two-way thing. You're, you're going to give, you're going to get, um, and it can, you never know uh, what could come out of meeting someone. And so invest the time and effort um, as it relates to trying to meet people that are in the business. I would, I would focus on the younger cohort. They're a huge part of the recruiting effort. Um, so it's important. It's important for people looking to get into the field to, to get to know them a little bit, to learn about the business, what the day-to-day -day looks like, and also really important for people evaluating career opportunities, get a feel for the place that you might be working. I think everyone has a lot of similarities in what they offer, but there are also there also are some, some nuances, some differences, and so finding a place where you know, you feel like you fit in uh, or you feel like you're excited to be on the team. I think that's really important. So, you know, give yourselves that opportunity to, to figure that out as you're, you know, working through your schooling and, and getting into recruiting. Um, the second thing, you might find this a little bit cheesy, um, but I, I think it's really important to invest time and thought into your resume uh, and not just for external purposes, you know, put, put that aside for a second, but kind of for yourself. Um, I think there's a lot of merit in really in understanding, being able to articulate and internalizing your strengths and your skills and what your aspirations are. I think really believing what you have to offer is really powerful. Uh, and I think for me, being on the, the other side of the table in an interview, I feel like it really shows through during the process. Uh, so I would invest, you know, a good amount of time there. Um, it's a, a really rewarding long-term career opportunity. And, um, you know, there's, there's a huge effort into bringing in talent. So leverage that, tap into it, get to know people, um, you know, know yourself, know what you have to offer and, and then go after it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great tips. Um, so what would you say are your favorite parts of investment banking and what parts don't you like? <laughs> My favorite parts of investment banking. Um, so you might have picked up from some of my commentary earlier. Uh, I like variety. Um, I don't like a lot of repetition. And so my favorite parts are the beginning of a new deal, or you know, thinking of an idea to go go pitch a client of mine, or reading something in the news and being like, hey, wait, that could really apply to client over here. Um, you know, stumbling across you know the potential for a new product offering. Uh, it's the beginnings of, of everything and, and luckily for me there are always a lot of beginnings because there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of things in the go at the same time so you know that's from a cadence pace perspective that's something that's really appealing to me about about the job um, you know going a little bit deeper than that uh, you know I find it very rewarding to work with a client through something that's transformational so whether you know they're they're coming to market and then creating their kind of public presence through an IPO. You know, from you start months and months before anything ever comes to the, the light in, in the public. Um, and so working with them through that process and then having these milestone events and, you know, it's meaningful for them and, and you've had a role in it. You've contributed. I, I find that quite rewarding and 
could say the same in terms of, you know, an M&A deal. If you're privatizing your company uh, or if you're buying another company and transforming yourself, you know, these aren't things that just fall on your desk and you work on it kind of mechanically that they're, they start with relationships that build over time and you get to know the company, you get to know the people, how decisions are made, all of those dynamics, and you feel really invested. Um, and I feel sometimes that, that I'm part of the team on the client side and, and we're all working together to, you know, accomplish something or achieve something. And it's, I find that very rewarding. Um, I, I could tell you in way too much detail, all the ins and outs of some of my favorite deals and some of these maybe, you know, five, 10 years ago, because they, they leave an impact on, on me. So I think, you know, those are two ends of the spectrum, things that I really like. And there's a whole bunch of others, you know, it's, it's a team sport. It's a social sport this great balance of having to use yourself from an analytical capacity, but also from a human capacity. You're not just focused on numbers. You're not just focused on relationships. You really have to go kind of between the two uh, and apply what you learn throughout. There's, you know, I guess the last piece is, and I think I've mentioned this, the market is always changing in the backdrop. So you have to be able to adapt and see what's happening, pay attention. So you, you just feel like you're, you're part of a, a bigger picture, a bigger team. And, and I think that's a nice, uh, you know, it's nice to be in a place like that. In terms of the parts that I don't like, um, you know, there, there's not much. I, I think there are parts that are, that are less exciting, that are less glamorous, um, but they're all just part of doing the, the job. And, and I think it's kind of like, you know, you could apply to anything, you could apply to a sport, to, to medicine, that there are parts that are just need to be done, whether it's for compliance reasons or for diligence reasons, where you just have to, you know, sit down, get the right mindset on and, and plow through it. But, you know, in the bigger picture, it, it's not something that weighs on me. So I'm actually struggling to think of a more specific example. It's just um, that there's a lot that's interesting uh, and captivating about this job. And that's, you know, those are the things that pop into my mind when you ask that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Thanks for sharing your experiences. Thank you so much, Aliyah, for coming on to this podcast today. You shared a lot of great insight for your experience and your story, and I'm sure our listeners got and learned a lot from it. So thank you so much again. You're most welcome. Uh, it's a great, great idea for a podcast. Um, good luck with the rest of this series and good luck uh, in school. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Tech Talks. We'll see you in the next one.